And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John well, hello to everyone. Yes, it is the Weighing In Podcast with my man, the punk, Josh. What the hell are you drinking? You've got green crap in your water. I'm trying to slim that down. Is, I told you I'm trying to slim down. down. I'm getting back into... That's cause you, know why, you know how you're going to slim down drinking that? Throw uh. it up. <laughs> I'm getting into fight shape, baby. I'm getting into fight shape. Uh, waiting, dude, for those, some guy. waiting for those promotions it's to call. Always, it's always the guy, the guy who is right at 45 <laughs> years of age who thinks I can do it again. John, what a mistake I'm, every one of those guys. I'm make. not right at 45, John. I'm almost 50. I'm rounding up, buddy. Oh, I've been rounding up Dang. for years. And on that note, can I just say something on that note? I got a, lo- yeah. I got a little something to say on that note. Go ahead. Stay <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to uh, you. Happy birthday. Dude, now, punk- it is it is a day away. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's a day away. Yeah. But on the 21st, it is my man's birthday. Mm. So I want to say happy birthday to you, baby. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We actually awesome. we, I land early in the morning on my birthday in Ireland. So I know. We're going to go out to dinner. I buy you oh, dinner. Okay, okay, okay. There you it'll go. Take, it's not going to be a good dinner. It'll just take one of those steak dinner. dinners off what you owe me. But it's okay. <laughs> Oh, he really goes there. <laughs> this is so. Th- let me tell you a story about this with the green stuff. It's cucumber, but I also added a little bit it of. Is I added a little bit of lemon in there, a little lemon juice uh, in there. Um, what happened was I was making this cucumber sushi with uh, sour, uh, not sour cream, with uh, cream cheese, some salmon, and uh, and some avocado. And when you get down to when you're, sh- when you're yeah, good. when you're shredding the the cucumber because you just need the top layer, yeah. maybe like two of the top. Yeah. Once you get past that, the rest of the cucumber is worthless because you can't use it for anything to make the sushi because it gets too flimsy. So yeah. you need the skin attached. So anyway, I took what was left and I chopped it all up and put it in some water and I made some filtered water with some lemon juice in it. So, uh, yeah, been drinking that for the last uh, two days. <laughs> trying to get it. I didn't want to waste it because there's a lot. You're just trying to get rid of it because it doesn't yeah. taste and then that what I did good. is I chopped up a bunch and I put some Italian dressing in it. And you kind of just nibble on that throughout the day. A little bit here and there. Okay. Some uh, balsamic vinaigrette will do well with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. I mean, I'm like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get back in fight shape, John. Come on. Come on, John. <laughs> Come on, baby. Ugh. Man, it actually, it actually hurts for my neck to do that. <laughs> John. Oh, I'm, man. I'm cramping. I'm cramping. Oh man. Oh man. I got a cramp. It's, Help me. I cramp. I, it's. I, I know oh, you dude. know. I know oh, you know. You've had several I, neck surgeries. I, oh, yeah. Fuck, it's horrible. <laughs> today, today I, I'm doing brick all day long and laying brick, putting the, the out, outdoor barbecue together and just, and I swear to God, being about into the seventh hour of it, all of a sudden my rib cage starts to cramp and I can feel it and it's like oh the Damn, that started hurt. Ah, ah, and I'm, you know how bad it is trying to hang from one arm to stretch out your rib cage oh. when there's no muscle there. It's, <laughs> it's a rib cage. <laughs> it's I like, get it. What the fuck is cramping? I get it. Oh, oh man, I get it. There's like moments where I like it doesn't matter what it is. I can all of a sudden just like turn the body the wrong way and things kind of get a little locked up. Like, yeah, you know, so oh, I've yeah. been having that. Like I said, remember I was telling when we were talking about the Tony Ferguson situation about, you know, um, 
just moving on in life and just getting up out of bed. And I know what people talk about, old people talk about all the time. I mean, I'm almost 50 now. So it's like, I feel these things. I feel all of them. <laughs> and so it's as you're so far away from 50, <laughs> it's going to be here sooner than we all realize. But John, <laughs> it's true though. Like I, I turn and I'm like, things just cramp in different positions that I, I've never uh. had these issues before. I've always had the, the hand cramping kind of thing. I've always had kind of the toes, you know, the toes and the arch of your foot kind of cramp. Uh. Those kind of things. I never had cramps like in my calves, in my back, in my neck. I never had any of those. Well, I get them Welcome all the age. time now, buddy. I get them <laughs> oh, all the time. So, dude, you want to know? You want to know the worst? Like, I mean, you know, people people don't realize, but my head doesn't go back. You no. know? And I've had three neck surgeries and stuff, but that, that's as far up as my head goes. Right? It's, it's locked there because I'm fusing. Mm -hmm. I've got too many screws and plates and stuff. But the worst part is when I go to the barber. And they'll tell you, put your head back, you know, and it's like, that's it, dude. It don't go. <laughs> well, see, you, you, you better lean this chair you, back because it, it, the, the head ain't going. John, anymore. take a look. I got, got faded up today. You saw me the other day. I it was, that, I looked baby. like I a chia that. pet. Just shit was growing out of yeah, everywhere. I, dude, it was going different directions. It'd been, it'd been since the Japan, the week of the Japan show, how I got a haircut. So it had been yeah. what a month and a half. Maybe six, yeah. six to eight weeks, probably somewhere around there. Anyways, well, not that been long, since yeah. the Japan show. Yeah. The end of, when was that? The end of July. So here we are, three quarters of the way through September, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he half. was trimming my eyebrows. He was actually trimming my ear hair. He's like, yo, you oh, got dude. At least someone you does. Got some, you got some issues, buddy. <laughs> I pulled my hat, my hat off and he's like, uh, what do you want to do with this? I'm like, well, we yeah, always do. He's like, man, we might need more than an hour. <laughs> Hold on. What do you mean? Now you've been in Texas mm -hmm. for a couple months. What do you mean? What we always do? Why well, he's cut? How many times have you gone to this? Uh, guy? This is my third time. Okay. As soon as I got there, as soon as I got, I got a haircut before I left. But about you had to find, you had to, yeah, find, you had a to find a barber right away. You got to start looking right away. <laughs> yeah, because I had to make sure once Trouble. once um I started meeting more parents or more people around my community, I want to make sure I had a good fade and look good and look proper. After I started meeting people, I was like, all right, then. They'll just take me for who I am. <laughs> it is what it is. <clears throat> um, but, John, we got some big fights coming up uh, this weekend. Yep. We've got Bellator yep. over in Dublin, Ireland. It's going to be a stats card. 22 fights. Is it 21, I believe? It's 21 fights. 21. 21 now. now. It was 22. And, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. They lost one. They lost one. Yeah. Tragedy. Gonna be, Tragedy. It's a stacked, stacked <laughs> card. <clears throat> and then you've also got um, the UFC has a fight this weekend as well. You've got Gamrock versus Fazeev. That should be a freaking explosive fight. Contrast a, of styles, though. Outstanding. Oh yeah, we we're, we're going back to the yep, basics. Yep. So are we not? I mean, let, let's be honest. Both guys can do. Look at Fazeev can grapple. His 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 anti wrestling mm -hmm. is good. Yeah. You know, and Gamrock he can stand with guys. But this is the old striker versus grappler. One guy. You know, you know that if this fight stays standing. You got to go with Fazeev, and he's just dynamic there. And this fight hits the ground and can stay on the ground. Gamera's going to take it. John, the 30 years of watching this sport, though, you know that these type fights, though, have a tendency to be boring. I'm not knocking. I, I don't believe that this fight will be boring. I believe that Fazeev is going to have to get up off of his back, and Gamera is somebody that doesn't really settle from the top. He will try to do damage from the top. And I think Gamera will struggle at times to get the takedowns if he doesn't set them up with his striking. 
So before we even get into this main event, though, I want you guys to go to WayneInMerch.com. WayneInMerch.com. Before we get into it, make sure you guys go to WayneInMerch.com. Also, hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button down below. Hit the little bell and notifications. We're dropping some uh, extra shows coming up. We've got some guests coming up that we're trying to get all nailed back, nailed down for when we come back. So um, also hit up OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. We do not ask for money. We are just simply saying. Cucumber. cucumber cucumber yeah that's your version of cucumber <laughs> i got the cucumber here <clears throat> um but yeah so look there's going to be moments where get you know wait john weren't we going to talk about something else first we were we, were. we talked okay for a second, look but... we, we were going to get into the main event for the ufc but you know let's what go, let's, i want to do a little back. recap let's i want to i want to do a little recap john on some of the on some of the whining and crying i've been hearing lately about this judging and this scoring that happened uh over the last weekend Okay. We've talked about it enough in terms of, hey, the fight was close. Hands cool. down, the fight was close. Okay. And um, how did you, how, I want to know, how did you have it for Grosso or did you have it for Shevchenko? I had it for Grosso. You know, look, you can go back and, you know, there's no way of, you don't want to, you know, put anything out there that's not true. Dave, our, our, pod, our producer, podcast Dave, texted me. After the fourth round of the fight, says John, "Who do you have ahead?" And I said, "I have it even, two-two." And that was because I had Shevchenko winning the first round. Grasso obviously, easily, won the second round comparatively to the first. The third round, I had Shevchenko. The fourth round seems to be one that a lot of people are having, you know, the discussion about which way it went and everything like that. I, everything is about who is damaging who more. And you go back and you watch that fourth round. Shevchenko landed shots, but the damage wasn't there while Grasso was landing the heavier, more damaging shots. She gets the round. And then the fifth round, there's no doubt who wins the round. All right. Look, Shevchenko was winning the round. She was for about three and a half minutes. I had her ahead. At that point, because that's when I'm judging it, I go all the way and I can tell you exactly who's winning at what point. And at about the three and a half minute mark, she was definitely winning that round. And she made the one mistake. Grasso took advantage of the mistake. And from that point, Valentina had zero offense and she was in trouble in certain areas. She made her way through it, but she lost the round. Now, the question is, was it a 10-8 round? Not in my opinion, no. I think that the judge who gave it a 10-8, forgot about all the action that happened in those three and a half minutes that had Valentina ahead. Now, what Alexa did absolutely gives her the round, but it doesn't give it, her the round 10-8. Not in my mind. And, and look, the, here's, here's the biggest problem, Josh. Judges, referees, the commissions don't want them to talk. Mm. They don't want them to say anything. They don't want anybody in any way coming out and say, look at, don't talk to the press, don't don't put anything out on social media, and so all of a sudden you start getting people talking about this fight, and so right now Mike Bell is being picked apart. If you go and look at Mike Bell's, you know, record as far as his judging criteria and the fights that he's done. He's an outstanding judge. J judging's not easy. You have sat there. I've told you, 
Sit where the judge sits. Watch watch the round. Tell me what you think. Is it the same fight? No, it's not as easy to see sometimes based upon where the fight takes place and where you're sitting as the judge. So there's times when you're going to see that, that shot land and land clean, and there's times when it could land and you don't see it at all because just the positioning of the fighters, it's not an easy job. And everyone thinks, oh, you know, I could do it. Anyone can do it when it's an easy goddamn fight. Yeah. And it's difficult to get it right all the time when it's a close mm -hmm. fight because there's little things. You know, I, look, I, I know Mike Bell very well. He's a great guy. He is absolutely dedicated to the sport of MMA. And I know that he would, I, I believe that he would go back, and I know he has gone back and watched that fight. And I believe now he would look and say, I made a mistake in making it a 10-8. I believe Alexa Grasso won the round. But I, I truly believe he, he went back and watched it and went, now I gave it too much credit as far as what happened in the, that last bit as far as overtaking and adding on top of that as a dominant round. Yes, you overtook that round from Valentino who was winning it, but you did not dominate in a fashion that would give you a 10-8 round. Yeah, I look at the first round. First round was close. I gave it to Valentina. Yeah. Okay. And if we were to if yes. we were to say it was a half point judging system, right? Nine point five. That's how close that yep. round was. And the things that it's funny, because some of the things that Valentina complained about, I've really kind of flipped the switch on. I've always been a huge fan of hers. It's it is a little just kind of sour grapes in, in her post fight interview. Some of the media that she's done afterwards, she had a little bit of a negative um like at not negative, but a sour grapes attitude after she lost to her by submission in the first fight. I get it. You're a champion. You don't like to lose. None of us do. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. But this is taking it to a new level of just kind of being like a sore loser. Um, but in the first round, it was a close round. And I gave it yeah. to Valentina as well. And I've been a big fan of Valentina for a long time. I thought she was pretty much unbeatable up until she fought, I believe, Santos, where she barely got by yep. that fight in that fight yeah, barely got by but i also yep. understand she's been a champion like john jones that's what makes john jones so spectacular is he's been able to be consistent against top level opponents he gets himself motivated he's able to get through now he's had some fights that have done this valentina is now sure. starting to fill that after all these years of being the champion in the first round it was close valentina pulls it off 9.5 second round now people were complaining about the fifth round being a 10-8 you could arguably now i'm not giving it a 10-8 the second round, I'm not giving it a 10 8. But I'm you could arguably say that it was a 10 8. You could. Now, because she dropped her with the shot. Oh, it was caught off balance. No, she was not caught off balance. She was caught flat footed on her heels and got knocked back on her heels and sat to her ass. She wasn't like she was like off balance and throwing the combination. She stepped in thinking she had the combination set. She got hit. And it wasn't she was on one. Yeah, foot. and she got sat back to her heels. Boom. That's all it was. The power of Grosso was the was the answer. In some of the exchanges after that, Grosso gets gets onto the top position. They end up in against the fence. She rocks her again against the fence. So in that round, she drops her and rocks her again. Oh, she had her she hurt. She had her hurt. No doubt about the it. The rest of the round, yeah. what you see is Valentina. What she complained about was later on was that oh, she just got a takedown. That doesn't submit. That doesn't mean a nutch. That doesn't mean much. But in this fight, she was the one getting the takedowns and not doing anything. 
So when I look at what, where, who did the most damage? Now you can say damage in terms of, yeah, you got cut. You can't look at fights yeah. just in terms of, oh, you got cut. The damage is like, did I make you go backwards? Did I make you move? Did you lose your How balance? How did I make you react? How did, exactly. Look, damage can be, look, certain people like Nick Diaz, he cuts all the time. Nate Diaz cuts. Yeah. Certain fighters yeah. just seem to have sharper bones. They tend to cut a little bit easier. Alexa got in some trouble, you know, in, uh, in the third round. Ten, and so I give it, I give the first round to Valentina. I give the second round 10-9 to Alexa Grosso. I give the third. Could it be a 10-8-5 if there was that half Yes, point? it could have been. It, I, I would see that's the difference. It's definitely not. No, a it's definitely not a ten eight. But I would have probably given the ten eight five. The the third okay. round, the third round, I give to Valentina. But it was a very close. It was a close round, but not really. I give it to Valentina. Had the back, had the control, all of these things. You get everyone keeps talking about this fourth round, but in that in that fourth round, John, what were the most significant strikes of the round? The knees to the head. She lifted. I was gonna say that when she's dragging her damn and trying to drag her hand on the ground, and she's getting knee to the head, and it's like, you need to understand, and people need to understand. Herb did a good job of not, not yes. doing the stop time, you know, and say, oh, that's illegal. You must bear weight on that hand, and she was not. She's trying to put her fingers down, her hand down, to make herself a grounded fighter, and Alex, she's actually picking her up. Yeah, she's moving her hand up. Good job. Continue on. I, March I on. I thought it was brilliant. She yeah. had, she did, that was like four to five of those until she got her to the fence. And then she landed some good strikes. I gave that round to Alexa Grosso. She had, she had, had the most significant strikes in the round. She landed right. some good exactly. shots. There were several shots in the fourth that she hit um, Valentina and Valentina actually took a step back. Even like, even listening to the, some of the commentary, the first time I didn't listen to the commentary, second time I did to see, they kept saying, oh, Valentina's that jab is just this, that jab is that. But Valentina, or not Valentina, but Alexa Grosso never went backwards off the jab. She faded her head back, never really got hit. And when she did, she covered really well, and that was it. Like, the shots from the jab, if you look at the jabs from Alexa Grosso landing on Valentina, those shots mattered. You had Valentina moving backwards. It was very... She also has some very nicely timed elbows yeah. in the clinch. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. Valentina had a couple good sh moments in that round, but there's. Oh yeah. I gave the round the big, the lift and the big slam and all that in round four by Alexa Grosso. The knees were the most significant strike. All of those things potentially getting the back, lost the back position, got back to her feet. All of those things, stuffing takedowns. For me, in my mind, now I don't know how they do this in terms of the judging. If you shoot a takedown and you don't get it, and I lift you back up, I kind of score that as like I stuffed you. You know, it's, it's, it's even. even, it's even, but it's like, I stopped, I stopped what you were doing. That's right. And so, um, but you, but you do not give any type of credit to defensive actions. And when you stuff my takedown attempt, it stops me yep. from taking you down, but the judge doesn't give you credit for a defense. No, he doesn't. You have to do, you have to do something offensive. Often. You stuff my takedown and as we're getting up, you bip. You land a shit. Ah, oh, now it becomes offensive. And then on top of that, the way that Alexa Grosso finished the round, she went for broke. She did the roll through, tried to attack the heel hook. You finished the round. The last thing in the judge's mind, last thing in my mind when I watched that round was she's getting, she's getting the heel hook. She's putting the heel hook on yeah. Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind she won the fourth round. So I, I mean, you have her now, like we said, 2 2 going into the fifth. 2 2. There's no way of, yeah. there's, 
there's no way I'm not judging the fifth round for uh for um Valentina Shevchenko. Grasso. It's gonna go to Alexa Grasso for sure. That, I don't yeah. need the 10-8 round to win. That's the thing. Like she she no Valentina made a mistake. You need to you you went for it. You didn't it didn't happen. I, I just I don't see what the argument is. There's a lot of people making a big stink out of this, and I felt like we had to do a quick recap on this whole thing. Because this this isn't this isn't like go back that's be, and well, watch the fight. It's that's be, because you have other people out there and you got guys that are commentators and you know doing part, you know, Mike Bisping, he he believes that Shevchenko won. He thinks that it was, you know, she won the fight. And it's like, okay, I'm glad you do, but no, I don't believe she did. I think that Grasso, if you watch the fight again and you give credit for domination of what we, not domination, but credit for damage in the fight, things that were effective. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for effective actions that affect the fighter in a negative fashion. And I got to give it, Grasso was the one that, that won those those times. She, she had that effect on Valentina that Valentina didn't have as much on Grasso. Well, with with Bisbing, right? I mean, what, I don't know what he's talking about with damage. If you go back and you watch his fight with Dan Henderson, we're not obviously judging it based off facial features and what happened in that fight. So you <laughs> no. can't say because, you, oh, you, you had a you, cut you take a- that it worked. Oh, that person did more damage. I mean that shit happens to to a lot of people. I can, I can tell you, I, look at that fight. I was I was with Randy Couture. We were at Randy's house watching that fight. You know, and uh, you know, obviously Randy is is rooting for Dan Henderson, right? And Dan wins the first two rounds, and he has got Mike looking like he's been run over by a truck, and Mike ends up just winning the rounds. Next round, fourth round, and fifth round, because Dan got tired. You know, and and, and Randy said, there's John, look at his face. I go, he won those rounds. But then he he lost the next three, and that's why Michael Bisping is still the champ. Yeah, it's it, you can't always go off of sometimes you want to look, but you know, you look at both of them here. Yeah, you know, she's got one mark. Grasso's got one mark under her eye. Okay. Valentina's got, you know, not not a mark, she got little lumps. But that those were Blows that were counted by the judges, and you know, it, you don't sit there and go, "Oh my God, she's got a bump." You know, you give give the credit for when the bump was created, and then it's over. She had a little cut, I believe, over the left eye, and then she had the little bump underneath the same eye, I believe. That's it in five yeah. rounds, twenty five minutes of fighting. That's it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like Bisbing looked like the Elephant Man when Dan Henderson got done, <laughs> and Bisbing still won the fight. So I don't know what the damage you're talking about. And I like Bisbing, man. I actually think he does a great job behind the mic, and I think he does a great Mike. job <clears throat> with all the other stuff that he does for the UFC. Uh, but in this case, I think he's wrong. And not just him. There's been plenty of other people that have come out and said stuff, and I think there. I think that <clears throat> when you go back and watch it, now I think a lot of where their gripe comes from is the 10-8 round in the fifth. Absolutely. <clears throat> That's the In the end, when you look at it, and, and I, I could look at you know the scorecard throughout and go, I don't agree with the scorecard in this round either. And that's just my opinion, just like you have your opinion, just like Mike has his opinion. But I, I could, I could, you know, look at the scorecard and go, I don't agree with that round either. But that round went for Valentina, and so I look and go, hey, look, I believe that you know judges care, and this is where people get into this. Oh, you know, they're just sitting there. Trust me, 
they care and they're trying to do the very best job they can. And sometimes you get caught up in the fight. And I believe that in this moment that the judge looked and gave more credit to that minute and a half than it was, you know, than he should have based upon the action that occurred. That action absolutely evened out the round and then overtook Valentina in the round so that the round should have gone to Alexa Grasso, but not enough, in my opinion, to make it a 10-8. Dave, did, did, was it Daniel Cormier that came out and said that she deserves an automatic rematch? Did I see that somewhere? Check. <clears throat> that Valentina should get the automatic rematch? I don't think so. Well, if she can't, she's not going to. She broke her thumb. She's going to have surgery on her thumb. She, Got it. She pulled the Josh Thompson in there. And... I thought there was something I had <laughs> seen that DC had said that they, she deserves an automatic rematch. Um, he might have. But look, I asked you that same thing the, the next day when we were filming our, our post show on this. Does she get an automatic rematch? I, I don't think so. You've lost to her once by oh, submission. Yeah. You lost a close decision on this one. Um, well, not lost. It was, it was a, draw. a draw. Sorry. She doesn't have the title. She lost. Um, that's that's the way I'm sorry. That's the way I look at that's it. The, you know, honestly, that's the way everyone's yeah. looking at it. Because you listen to people, they they all say Alexa Grasso beat Shevchenko. It's like, no, no it, was it was a draw. draw. You're right. But the person who walks away from the ti- with the title is the one who pretty much won. Um, all, she's the queen. Yeah, she's, she's the queen right now. Um, but then there's this there's this tendency, John, um, to think because you you were the champion for one or two fight title defenses, you deserve an automatic rematch. Now, yes. Valentina, I thought in the first fight, she made a mistake. She started, she was kind of coming on in that fight, kind of taking over the fight a little bit. She made a mistake. And uh, and Grosso got her back and choked her. And says, yeah, see right here. Dan, that's He wants to see it. He wants to see it. No, I do. I agree. I want to okay. see the trilogy fight also. I don't want to see it next, though. He says they've got to run it back. We've got to have these two women fight again. I feel like every time they match them up, we're in for a tremendous fight between these two. No, absolutely. I think they do, but not not as in terms of next. I think I think it's been pretty clear. She got the submission the first time. Everyone just thought in terms of, oh, because Alexa Grasso is, is not the one that's been just running through people. She's had great performances. She looks good. She's getting better, you know, all the way around. She's obviously improved her game. Look what she's done to Valentina Shevchenko in two fights. Um, I think there needs to be something else. Give it a break. Give it some time. You're going to get a little bit of a break because the thumb is broken. But yeah. in this fight, in this scenario, like let's not hold up the division. We've seen it twice. Let's carry on. Let's move forward. You know, um, when Valentina comes back, let's see where we'll see where the dust settles. Maybe Alexa Cross is not even champion by then. That might actually that might actually not even be uh, be there anymore. I mean, you may end up having someone like Santos or somebody like uh, Pena or someone come along. And uh, not Pena, sorry, uh, Santos or Lemos like, or someone come no, you along. Got Blan- you got you got Blanchfield out mm-hmm. there. You got uh, uh, Faro out there. There's there's you know women that are they're waiting for their yep. chance. Yeah, it's time to give one of them that that opportunity. Exactly. Um, there's a lot to be said. Now look, this automatic rematch. Look, because there's the go ahead. Let's just jump on the Aljamain Sterling thing as well as the Izzy thing, right? There's times okay. there's times where it's warranted, John. We thought with okay. Izzy in the, the Alex Pereira fight, we thought it was warranted. He's been the longstanding champion. He was winning yep. that fight up until he got caught in the fifth round. If anyone deserved yep. an automatic rematch, Izzy did. Yes. Did, wins one fight after he comes back and he beats Alex the second fight. 
No, he doesn't. You know, he went. Yeah, he he wins the title. He wins back. the title back. Then, but then in defending in it, defending it against Sean Strickland, he gets fifty forty five. I mean, he, yeah. he could say fifty. He got he could say fifty forty four and forty nine forty six. Forty nine forty six. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he 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 lost almost every round. Yep. I don't I don't think that warrants an automatic rematch. And not only that, but no, you lost no, one, won one, then lost. Like it'd be different if you would. That was your first loss. Okay, look, get an off night. You could say that, I guess. But the way that Sean fought him, it just it made it more difficult for him to deal with any any time any time you look and, and, and look you got to be careful because there's differences in different levels and this is the highest but he's one and two in his last three fights yeah it's not like when, when we're saying that he deserves that that shot at alex after losing that title he was one in what and eight fights he had between Blahovich, maybe seven fights. So he was seven and one. That's, there's a difference there, and it's just showing that you know, this this is what happens in fighting. Is you know you can be that dominant guy, and you know some guys are completely dominant for so long, Anderson Silva, but there comes that point where you know, and I'm not saying that's you know, where Izzy's at, but you're gonna get to reach that crest. And there's only one direction once you've reached the crest. Yeah. And it happens to everyone. You start to go downhill. Now, that downhill can go very slow. And you maintain being the very best. But you're still not as good as you once were. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that Izzy's there, but that happens to everyone. And it's, you know, that's just part of fighting. you got to fight your way through those things. Well, I look at what Izzy's done, like what guys like John Jones have done. They've been champion for, they were able to be champion for a long time. And then when you get to that top, like you said, there's only way to, one way to go, and that's down. And I take, I look at Izzy, and I'm like, I tip my hat to you, bro, my man, because you came off the knockout loss to Alex, you came back and got it back, beautifully yeah. done. But then now, when you're able, when you're fighting somebody like Sean Strickland, who most people, even even myself, had said, I ah, just stylistically, I think he's a he's a he's a easy matchup for Izzy. Well, that proved he proved me wrong. Sean Strickland proved me wrong, and after talking with Johnny Eblen when we had him on our show uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, he talked about all the things and all the issues that he had sparring with him and training with him several times. He's like, "Look, these are things that people just aren't prepared for until you get in there with him." So I gave Izzy a pass on the first one because he was the long-standing champion and he was winning the fight, and he got clipped in the fifth round after you know not dominating but winning the the fight several rounds in the, in the first fight. Then he comes back and wins. I'm like, okay, good. In this time around, no, he doesn't deserve a title shot. I don't believe he deserves a title shot. Go out there, fight somebody, not being the champion. I bet you it's a load off. Almost like how Kamaru, uh, Kamaru Usman said, man, it's so nice out there to train for five rounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let, let me get a three round fight. Let me, let me, let me just be, let See, me be I, normal for I, once look, for after all these everyone, years. Everyone, and, you, and you've been there. Everyone that is top level wants to be the champ. And that's your goal, and you've got that you know target, and, you, and you're you're working towards that goal. But when you when you attain that goal, it's not as easy as people think, and it's a heavy load, and there's a lot of pressure that comes with it, and there's things that are expected of you, and it becomes you know when you have it for like Kamara Usman or Izzy, 
John Jones is remarkable, and you know I've I said it for, you know for years. Look, the only person that I know that can beat John Jones is John Jones, and you know he's come close. <laughs> Let's just be honest; he's come close. Been TKO'd, but <laughs> but uh, he uh, I mean he's remarkable in the fact that he's been able to continue to to win. And you look at all of those championship fights in a row; it's it is. It is an accomplishment that is hard for a lot of people to understand, but you know, it's not easy holding that title. And a lot of times when a guy loses it, he doesn't want to lose it. But when he does, it's like pressure's off. Okay. That's all right to feel that way. Do you want to get back to that pressure or are you going to just say, eh, I'm good. Sometimes people are just good. I look at Kamaru. I look right. at Kamaru Usman, and nothing against him. I think that, he, like he said several times, it was like this weight off my shoulders. Just understand, sure. like man, I've been doing this. I've been the champ for so long. I've had so many title defenses. I've gotten ready for fights that potentially didn't happen or didn't happen. That I was taught that my manager and I were talking about with the promotion that hey, this is coming up. That happens all the time. They jump into camps. Sure. Contracts aren't signed yet, and the next thing you know, boom, someone got hurt. Damn, no, no fight. fight. Okay, we're going to push you to this fight now. So it's there's a lot of tension that comes along with that, not to mention all the media obligations. People just think that the fighters sit at home and just train and like they don't really do anything. No, no, no. When, when they're, when they're they, not... They do, they do if they're lucky. Yeah, they're, they're lucky. They're training on the road. If you're, not, if you're not out... If you're not training on the road, you're not getting any better. You're not able to even stay on track of what you are. And so to, to see what guys like Kamaru Usman did for so long, what Izzy did for so long, what John Jones has been doing forever. It's yep. extremely impressive. Extremely impressive. It is. Um, but then I saw the stuff that Aljo came out and said, like, if, if Izzy gets a rematch, then I get a, I should get a rematch also. I wouldn't disagree with that, those comments, but I don't think either no. I don't think either one of you deserve a rematch. <laughs> and it's nothing against Aljo. I actually really do enjoy watching Aljo fight. I think he's dangerous. I think he's come a long way since he since uh his last like not this last loss but the loss before that he has developed so much better into a fighter um yeah. and just being more well-rounded more patient the way he hits his attacks his all of those things he is phenomenal all of those things but in this scenario i didn't i didn't think that i didn't if you get finished the way you got finished and you've you've only defended the title i think twice correct it was uh Against Peter, uh, against Peter Yan. Well, he defended Peter after the the disqualification win. T.J. Dillashaw and uh, Henry. Oh, that's right. And then the Henry fight. Okay, Um, so there's three fights. So I mean, I get it. That's still against top level competition. Top top level. Pretty good. Those are some of the best ever to do it. I agree. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I think just given how Sean O'Malley was able to dispatch him. You know, it looked, it just was, it was a bad look. There seemed like there needs to be some stuff worked on. If I'm a promoter, I'm going, okay, look, you didn't seem comfortable in there. The speed, the reach, the range, you need to go back to the drawing board. I don't want you to go out there, get an automatic loss. And now you're not coming back to the title for years. I'm not giving you an automatic title shot in years. So <clears throat> you're going to have to work your way back. Maybe Sean loses by then. Who knows? But I look at it a couple different ways. If I look at it from a promoter standpoint, you didn't look comfortable out there at all. What? Do, what? You, this is your game. It's not like Aljo is known just to be really dynamic on the feet, 
so he can stand there and trade with them now. He's going to have to go back to the drawing board and work on a couple different details to get this fight to the ground against someone like Sean O'Malley. Styles make matchups. I'm not knocking Aljo at That's all. It. That is exactly yeah. what it is. You, know, just, you, you could go through you know, the, a litany of incredible talent and get win after win after win, but there's going to be that one guy, his style yep. is tough for you. Just you know the way he fights, the length of what you know what he you know fights at the range and everything, he just does things that are difficult for you to deal with, and that might be that way. It might be that you know Sterling just had a, you know a bad night too. This is true. Could be. I just don't, I want. I guess to to wrap this up is this automatic rematch thing is getting a little out of hand. It shouldn't always be yeah. that way. Now, granted, we've had people like Valentino who were long-standing champions. And the way she lost, she got caught. She was kind of winning the fight. Izzy, first fight, long-standing champion, was winning the fight, got yep. caught in the fifth round. Those are those are the times when you should start saying automatic rematch. I disagreed with the Rose Nama Yunus automatic rematch with Wei Lee. With Wei Lee. I don't believe that that, oh, yeah, that, that fight, you got knocked out in the first round. Like I, I didn't understand it. I was like, why are you giving her? Yep. She's only That was her second title defense, her first, I believe. Oh, second, second yeah. or, it was, yeah. I think it was her second. I didn't. I didn't uh, agree with it. And then you nope, know, I didn't either. So like th those are the scenarios where we're talking about automatic rematches. They don't seem like they should. They belong. But uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think Izzy's going to get the automatic rematch. Um, I could see them maybe having him fight Kamzat or have him fight um, the winner of Kamzat and uh, Paulo Costa, and or have him fight yeah. uh, uh, Duplessis, but basically without a title. That'd be crazy because. <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories going around as well that the UFC wants to get Izzy back before UFC 300 because they really want to try to make him because he is a big sell. They want to try to put him as the as the main event or put him there at the top of that of that thing. I don't know that there's that people were talking about it. I saw some news articles um people talking about they're really trying to make a push for Izzy because he is a big seller. He's well, look. He's a big star for him, and I understand why they want him as champion. But right now, you got a guy named Sean Strickland, and uh, he had a dominant fight mm -hmm. against Izzy. And I don't care what you say as far as oh, Izzy looked slow, Izzy looked off, all that stuff. That was because there was a guy in there named Sean Strickland that was making those things happen. Absolutely. Now, I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, Duplessis fight versus Strickland. That would no, make for a very like very fun it. fight. I'd like to see that. A fun fight. Yeah. All right, well, hey, you know what? That's going to wrap up our talk on that. I know we just went off. We were talking about the main event ah, for UFC Fight Night. I hate structure. But, you know, <laughs> we just threw it all out the door, man. We just got we got going. I wanted to talk about <laughs> that fight. I wanted to talk about, you know, the, the rematch thing. I wanted to get that thing off my chest. It's been bugging me all day. Um, But before we get started, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, man. Hey. Hit us up right there. Hit the subscribe button. Click the link down below. That'll take you to our Clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there as well. The little bell notification. Thank you guys for always supporting us and uh, following us. Thank you guys so much. Comment down below too if there's anything else you guys want us to start talking about. Any things that are kind of on your guys' mind. Give us some ideas on uh, things that you guys would like on how you guys maybe would like us to approach uh, the show sometimes in different ways. We always seem to just jump right into the into the cards, and I'm thinking, you know, what happens if they don't like it that way? What if they want the news up front? What if they want whatever the hot topic is right up front? So that's what we did today. Tomorrow, which way you do it, they'll that's complain. What's that? 
No matter which way you do it, they'll complain that it was there you the go. wrong way. I think Dave's got it down. Someone That's... someone will go, I really like that. The next person will go, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. that. I guess that's why you guys don't read the comment section like I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. It's true, though. You can read one comment. They're like, man, okay. you did this, this, this is so great. Here's, the next one is. Here's the, re- here's the reason I don't read the comment section. Because if if you, you know, how do you, how do you say this without being a dipshit? <laughs> If you're you in the position that ju- you, don't. you don't say it, if you're in the position that you know that we're in, you know we get a lot of people saying stuff, and and 99 of it is good. I want to tell everyone thank you for that. But you could have someone say, you could have a hundred people say, "Hey man, you know, love what you're doing. You know, thanks for this, and it's it's awesome. It's like, hey, awesome, they like it. Good. One dipshit says, "You freaking suck." And that's the one that you want to reach through mm. your internet line to, <laughs> get into the comment oh, yeah. section, grab him by the nuts, <laughs> and choke him unconscious. Okay, because we're we're all in that. Yes, we, we all it's like fuck you, but not everyone's gonna like you. And so I you know, hold it. Are you drinking Prime yeah. now? That's <laughs> because your goddamn cucumber yeah, water. Yeah, no, it ran out. I'm, I drank it all already, John. I drank it. Did yeah. you? Pour your prime in there. It's all gone, buddy. It's all gone. I got a little bit of. No, pour your one. prime. No, pour no pour your prime in that bottle. No man. thanks, man. No thanks. <laughs> I I can't I can't drink. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't drink. No, you. I just. I, yeah, it's uh, tell, at certain but, times tell at me night. That's not the truth. I have to just kind of stay with the uh, the water or like something that doesn't have a ton of sugar in it. Otherwise, I'll be like, okay. Um. All right, well, hey, let's get in. But is, it, is that not the truth, it is, though? It is the truth. You, you'll listen to the one, and that just wrecks your whole Yeah, thing. you know, the, you just want to jump through the thing and the, the computer and pop yeah, in the see. nose. I mean, see? Well, you grab by the pussy sometimes. Come here, son. See? <laughs> John. John. All right, hey, let's get right into Fazee versus Gamrot. Like I said earlier, styles make matchups. The, the potential of this fight being five rounds Gamrot will tend to probably slow down as he gets tired from trying to force the takedowns, trying to get in on the takedowns. Fazeev's going to do what Fazeev does. He's going to get wild, crazy, spinning back kicks, spinning kicks, like, you know, big knees, big elbow, all those things, big, hard shots. Every time he throws, he throws to take your head off, whether it's a kick, whether it's a punch. He's throwing with bad intentions, and that's what makes him a fan favorite. He's fun to watch. He doesn't. He doesn't get all you know upset or butthurt afterwards if he loses. He's like, hey, whatever. This is the fight game. He's been through it enough. He's twelve and two though. He's fought a lot of good guys, and he's made a lot of them look he's average. Not, um, he had a run of what, like six yeah. wins before the Justin Gaethje loss. Yep. yep. And that was against good competition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Oh, one, yeah. two, three, four, five. Thank you very Ooh. much. Six. Boom. I was always wondering if you Look could count that. past five. Right. Good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the thing the thing that you look at though is uh, I'm going to say this about Gamrot compared to Fazeev if Gamrot is able to not even get the takedowns at times Josh but make Fazeev work in the clinch that's a huge factor in this fight because Fazeev is a fast twitch muscle fiber athlete he's explosive he's fast and you can tell in fights, especially you can even look at the Justin Gaethje fight going into that, he gets tired as the fight goes on. He always seems to slow down. Bobby Green, he slowed down in the third round. because And those are stand-up fights where he's comfortable. You hear that? Get him into that. that. What's that? that? What's that? <laughs> the thunder. <laughs> it's no, loud. 
The <laughs> windows good, are giving a little shake here. That's a Ooh, Texas storm, baby. baby. <laughs> but he's, if you can get him into not being comfortable in the fight, that's going to accelerate that, you know, getting tired. And that's a big element in this fight for Gamera. You don't have to get the takedowns. What you have to do is limit the damage that he's able to put on you in moments where you can get into the clinch, make him work, slow him down, and then take over in the fight. Yeah, what you want to, like, I agree with you 100%. I think really what most wrestlers are able to do against good stand-up fighters is you want to weigh on them. You want to make their arms fill up with blood. You want to make it feel heavy when they're out there throwing their combinations after you guys break in the clinch. So anytime I wrestle on you, I'm making you work in positions that you're just, you don't do on a regular basis or even if you do them on a regular basis, you haven't been doing them for 30 years or 20 years like I have. And so I can scramble out of these positions. I can relax in these positions. You, you're fighting for your life. And so you're using your, you're not using your leverage. You're not using your technique. You're just trying to muscle me to get me off of your legs. That's what, which will work for, which a, while. Will work for a while. Exactly. So if yeah. he can do that against Fazeev and make Fazeev work, whether it's in the clinch, whether it's defending the double leg, trying to dig under hooks, I really believe in this type of scenario. If Gamrock can get in on the double, even press him to the fence, don't hang your head too low so you can be elbowed, but kind of hang on those legs so he's always having to kind of pumble in and try to lift me up, carry my wig, just use his biceps. And as he's lifting you up, just let him hold on to that yep. weight. And he's trying to do a curl like this to try to come with the underhooks, and I'm just hanging there. I'm making him use yep. just his arms, which is going to blow up his shoulders, going to blow up his biceps. And as we get it, after we break against the fence, those combinations are going to come out a little bit slower, a little bit more predictable. Okay, I'm going to be able to see it. They're going to be a little more telegraphed, and there's not going to be as much pace and as much power on them, which means that it makes it easier for me to get in deeper on the takedown next time. But he's got to pay those dividends early. He's going to have to get in there in that first round and make him work fast. He's going to have to make him. This is a five-round Exactly. Fight. He's going to have to try to weigh on him early. And that was, those first two rounds is going to kind of predict how the rest of the fight goes. If he's struggling to yeah. get takedowns or if he's just struggling to hold him against the fence, he may be in a lot of trouble coming into that third, fourth, fifth round. Yeah, So true. But uh, look, as for as for Fazeev, he, he does a lot of wild and crazy stuff. I'd avoid probably setting up those head kicks until later in the second or the third round. I wouldn't be throwing them too often, too early in the first two rounds. Start looking into that third round. Start looking into the fourth round. Now start setting it up when he start when Gamrot starts to look like he's slowing down a little bit. And I think you're going to see a lot of body kicks out of out of uh, or, or body shots from uh, from Fazeev, especially after. I think you'll see body shots, but you will see him going if he's doing well in the fight. The kicks are going to get higher and higher, and as the the fight goes on those he's got quick kicks mm -hmm. and they're going to come up fast and and it's always once if he can get gamrot instead of trying to time the kicks and come into him to either counter but try to move back away from him that's going to set set himself in that position that he the kicks are going to come up to the head this this fight has to me it has the fight the makings of like it could be a fantastic fight or it could be a snooze fest it's you're we're really playing or I think it's going to be. Yeah, good because the thing is, one person has to get the takedowns and one person has to keep it on the feet. You yeah. know, normally when you say two wrestlers, well, you can end up with a really shitty stand up fight, but it could still be fun. You know, when you have two yeah. wrestlers, kickboxers, you end up seeing two guys kind of point fight it could be boring as hell as well. Just basically a sparring match.
Uh, but in this scenario, somebody needs to do their job. They need to be able to, to implement their game plan or the uh, or they can get knocked the fuck out. And so that could get dangerous, you know, uh, whether it's yeah. on the ground getting ground pounded or it's on the feet not being able to get takedowns. So it could make yeah. for a fun fight. It can make also for a boring fight too. One afraid to take yeah. chances on the feet because he doesn't want to get taken down and the other one afraid to engage because he doesn't want to get his head kicked off. So it could be that way as well. So True. we're going to find yeah. out though. But I, I honestly, I haven't seen a bad fight from either one of these guys. So I'm not really going to say nope. it's going to happen this time around. Both yeah. of them, fantastic fighters. Two, definitely yeah. two of the best lightweights in the world. Yes. Bryce Mitchell taking on your man, Dan, 50K, Ige. I don't think I've seen Dan, Dan Ige in a bad fight either. No. Nah. Being he's honest, so he's fun. fun to watch. He goes out there. He gives it everything he has. Bryce Mitchell is explosive on the ground. Uh, Ige is very good on the ground himself. You know, he is no slouch on the ground. That is not going to be just a, oh, Bryce Mitchell is going to pass through everything and, and move himself to a great position. He could do that if he hurts Ige. But on the feet, Dan Ige is damn good. And he's very solid. He's not he's not that a super flashy stand-up guy. He just uses good footwork to get himself into position to land shots. And he's got power. At featherweight, he can, he can bang. And if we've seen one thing, you know, the one loss we've seen with Bryce Mitchell, that was against Tapuria. Tapuria basically beat him up on the feet and then took him, you know, down and stuff. And so, you know, this is a matter of how well does Bryce Mitchell do in the stand-up against Danny? Well, John, when I look at uh, Tapuria and I look at Danny Ige, there's some similarities there. Both can wrestle really well. Both have, Tapuria has a little bit more power, a little bit more explosive. More speed. More speed. Yep. I, get, I get those. I get those. But I'm saying the similarities are in terms of the way that they fight. Taporia walks forward. Danny Ige walks forward. Danny Ige walks Danny forward. Danny will push the pace. He will get in your grill and make you fight a fight you're uncomfortable with. In that fight yes. against with Taporia and Bryce Mitchell, he made Bryce Mitchell fight a fight he didn't want. He couldn't get the takedowns. And when he did, he was able, Taporia was able to get right back up and stuff and then throw shot, big shots. Danny Ige will be that guy. Danny Ige is somebody who I've trained with him. He's physically a lot stronger than he looks. He's got good takedown defense. He trains with a lot of the guys out of the Ali. Uh, what is it? What's the name of their company? Dominant Dominance. Dominant. All Dominant. those guys. They've, there's tons of them that can wrestle at a very high level. Bryce Mitchell's got to get this fight to the ground, and that will dictate on how much That's... he can control Dan Ige on the ground. Because what we have seen from Bryce Mitchell is he got tired in that fight with Taporia. He got exhausted. But he was sick. Supposedly. Supposedly. Okay. Well, we're going to find Supposedly out. Supposedly he was. We're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to find out. Um, exactly. Because Dan's going to be there in the third round. Oh, no doubt about it. Did you hear that one? I heard yeah. that one. I heard that Ooh, one. That was a good one. That was a good one. But Dan Dan is somebody that's going to be there. Welcome to the South. Yes. Dan's going to be somebody who's, he's going to be there in the end of the second. He'll be pushing the pace in the third. And he's going to be letting the hands go. He's going to be sprawling and brawling. He's going to be pushing you around, trying to trying to dictate where this fight goes. And he's going to make you pay every time you make a mistake. So as much as I love Dan Ige, this is the tough fight for him. But it's very winnable. Very winnable from what I've seen from um, Bryce Mitchell and his fight with Taporia. This is a good comeback yeah. fight, though, for Bryce Mitchell if he's able to get a finish. I mean, if he's able just to ink one out, that'll let you know kind of where he's at in this division. Well, if you look at the standings right now, he's ranked well above Ige, isn't he? I'm, I'm trying to Dan's number exactly where 12. Ige, Ige's down at 12. Mitchell is 
two spots. Man, really? He's a ten. Yeah, Bryce dropped it's a, a really lot high. when he fought. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I thought he, I thought I thought Mitchell was somewhere around. Which is crazy because if he was yeah. sick, you would think people would take that into account, but the media don't give a shit. <laughs> that's <laughs> you had a bad performance and it looked bad Rough. that fight just made it made it look yeah. bad it made it look bad all right what else we got oh hard sorry <laughs> sorry i thought you were welcome talking, to the podcast talking about it, buddy what up, welcome to the podcast yeah, marina rodriguez rankings. taking on michelle watterson gomez that's i'll tell you what i love michelle uh watterson it's hard for me to put the Gomez at the end, so I apologize. <laughs> yeah, to some her the same husband. way, but but uh, yeah, I've known Michelle for a long time. She's just a phenomenal person, phenomenal fighter. Uh, <clears throat> this really comes down to Michelle is very good in her stand up. Her ground game is better than Marina Rodriguez's, and I look at Marina as the more dangerous fighter as far as power and the way that she you know uses her stand up. It's going to be a tough, tough fight for Michelle. But I think if Michelle can get her down to the ground at times, and just use her ground game, she's got a really good submission game. You know, she is the karate hottie, and she uses karate, and she's got great kicks, super flexible. You know, brings kicks from a lot of different directions and stuff. In the stand-up, Marina is going to be a tough person for her to beat. I think the size of Marina is going to be a problem for Michelle Watterson. I think yeah. she's because Michelle started off, man. She was an atom weight. Mm-hmm. She was a hundred and five pound fighter. Well, that's what happens when you have kids, right? You put the weight on, and then you just get no, thick. That's you get thick. She, she thick. Yeah, she's thick. She's thick. She got some thick pounds. legs, man. She's got some wow, thick legs. Man. All the kicking. She got thick legs. So look, she's yeah. she's dynamic. She's explosive. She's all of those things like uh, Michelle Watterson is. This, I think what she's gonna have to do though, if she wants to win this fight against Michelle, uh, sorry, not Michelle, Marina Rodriguez, she's Marina. gonna have to hit her in transition. I think Marina's good on the feet. I think she's a little bit bigger, a little bit uh, more tech, little stiff, little stiff, but a little bit more technical. I think in terms of the way that she fights on the feet, but she's going to leave herself out there. And I think Michelle Watterson being able to get in fast on the takedowns, turn the corner. Don't just try to bulldoze her because you're not, if she sprawls, you're going to end up on bottom flattened out. You have to turn the corner, finish the takedown that way. Maybe snatch the single, pull it off, re- redirect on a double leg. She's going to have to chain wrestle a little bit, especially those first couple takedowns. But the speed of Michelle Watterson is going to be a little bit of a factor. She's got to learn to throw and then shoot off of the throw. And then if she can get Marina to react, then she can shoot underneath that as well. Those two things will be key factors on how she gets to take down plus chain wrestling. Single leg, double leg, double leg to single leg, tripping, whatever it is she can do. Get to the back, drag her down if you can. All of those things are going to be a factor in her trying to get this win. She's going to have to use her full toolbox to win this fight. So, um, but what it is, is with Michelle on the feet, she can stand with her a little bit. She can, but she's going to get, it tends to make you more tired. The more sidekicks you throw, trying to push a bigger body away, tends to make you slower, tends to make you more tired. Then you actually know you're standing stationary right in front of someone who's that, you know, who has a physically bigger body than you and now is able to start touching you. You don't want to take those big shots from Marina. Rodriguez so I'm leaning towards um, Michelle as well like I agree with you if she can get in and get the takedown early if she can get one or two takedowns in that first round I think that's going to open up the second and third round and start making it a little bit easier for her to get it done but she, that's a tough yeah, task she doesn't get him John look we talked about kind of picking some of the fights that we really wanted to talk about give me some of the fights on here that you really wanted to talk about 
You know what? I'm gonna. I would go. I will go to Tim Means because I love you Tim Means a as a fighter. Took He's my just fight. always always. <laughs> <laughs> you fight, really? Oh. Look at Tim Means is. He's the dirty bird, man. This, we're talking about a guy who goes out and just fights as hard as he can every time he goes out there, win or lose. And he's going against a guy in Andre Fialo who you've known for a long time. Super good in the stand-up. Got a lot of power. He can wrestle, but he doesn't do that much. And he needs to because uh, if he's in a stand-up fight with Tim Means, it's, a, it's almost like a 50-50 his wrestling, I believe he can get Tim down, but I really like both guys, so that's a good fight to watch. Yeah, I'm looking at that fight, too, and I, I really like uh, Andre Fialo for this fight because Tim Means is hittable, uh, but on, yes. Andre's got to be very careful inside those clinching, the knees, the elbows, all those the things. <clears throat> He's got to be cautious in that, in, the, in that clinch area there because those will tend to, to zap your energy. Those will make you more tired a lot faster than you realize. So if he takes too much damage in that fight early with an elbow or you know too many knees up the gut, it'll start to zap Andre's uh, conditioning, his cardio, getting into that second round. Now, I also think that Andre Fialo's got the power, man. I, I don't think that. I know that. He does. I've trained with him. I've been hit by him. I hated it. But he's got an explosive double leg. And I, I've told people forever, I've seen him take Daniel Cormier down. I've seen him take Luke Rockwell down. I've seen him take real good wrestlers down. And he's and he was a lot smaller than them. He's explosive. He's got one of the best double legs I've ever seen. He just doesn't utilize it as much. I think a lot of it is in fear that he's like, hey, I'm not. He doesn't feel as confident of his ground game. He's a purple belt. He's got good jujitsu. It's not great, but it's good. It's definitely uh, adequate to keep solid himself, enough to solid enough to keep him safe and use good ground. Exactly, pound. it's adequate enough to keep himself out of submission. And then if it starts to get hairy down there, buddy, just back on out and get, get back up to your feet. Give, he's got to learn to give himself some time to rest in positions like that because he tends to slow down towards the end of the second and into the, into the third a little bit, but he still has that power. you got to be cautious with him at all times because he'll load that thing up and he actually know you're, you're waking up looking up at the lights and the ref standing over you going, buddy, it's over. <laughs> it's it over. over. Um, you know, I really like Charles Jordan, you know, against Ricardo Ramos. Uh, I like Charles Jordan. He's... He's explosive. He's fun. He's he's fun to watch. Everything he does is to to please the fans. He let and he's just good. He's everywhere. just good everywhere. He's got a lot better on the ground. He's not afraid to go to the ground. Uh, the black belt in jujitsu. Yeah, now. I didn't know that. I didn't know that through through. Uh, I believe it's through TriStar and and Z okay. Zahavi. But his stand up is he's fun to watch. He's not afraid to take chances. He's not afraid to like do things that will make the crowd get up on their feet. I love watching those yeah. type of fighters fight. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what else? Is there anybody else on here? Nope, nope. That's about it. All right. Well, Hey, that's going to wrap yeah. up our UFC talk. And, uh, before we move on, go to onlyfanscom slash weighing in onlyfanscom slash weighing in subscribe to us over there. We're going to drop some extra content on there. We have been dropping. I've been actually chatting with a bunch of people on there as well. Subscriber list is coming up on there. And uh, John, somebody in the, can you click on that? Uh, somebody in the message center, said that they were trying to get a hold of you because you apparently saved his mom who was shot in the head like I don't, back in like 1987 or something or ni maybe 97. I couldn't see, but it was in the, it was in the comment section. Uh, sorry, in, in the message session. And she's like, and the guy was saying, I'm trying to get a hold of you. I'm trying to get a hold of you. I know it wasn't me, but he's like, you were there and you, you saved my mom. And I was like, I think I want to say it was in like 87. 
That's a long it time was ago. a long time ago. Was it a gas station? I guess she got shot in the head twice. Uh, so had had quite a few of those. Yeah, I'm sorry. it could also be <clears throat> it could also be a scam. <laughs> Just trying now. Yeah. No, but um, could be. I'm kidding. No, but it was somebody had said something in in the in the message. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry that uh, you haven't been able to get a hold of me, hmm. but maybe maybe we'll make that yeah. happen. Somewhere in there, Dave. Maybe you can try to find it. All right, you, okay. uh, nice. I am the son of a victim you aided on. Bad girl. There you go. Why is it bad girl uh, and I am the son of a victim? <laughs> All right, right there. It's telling me everything. No, yeah, sorry. right. It says, Dear John. What does it say? You want to read it out loud? Uh, dear John. I'm, uh, dear it's John. got a it's got a phone number on there to get rid of that. Oh, well, and it's not going to be visible. On. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> go ahead. Read it out loud. Do, okay. Dear John, I am trying to contact you regarding my mother, a woman you found in the gas station in the late 80s. Please let me know how we can get in touch. Uh, I am a son of a victim you aided on September 16, 1987. Early that morning, you helped my mother at an AM, PM, where she had collapsed after being shot but twice in the back of the head. It's also my understanding that you were on the scene when Ray crashed the Porsche. My mother passed away a number of years ago. She left behind many attempts to write a book. I have spent the past two years to graduate part, partially become a better writer to tell her story. Um, Don Tabak, yeah, that's a that's a name right there that I recognize well. Uh, had helped me as many as others. However, you are one missing piece. I would greatly appreciate connecting with you. There you go. Okay, thank oh. you. I was just going through it, and I was uh, messaging. See, I wasn't. I wasn't always a bad guy. <laughs> Oh man! It's weird that that came through on OnlyFans from someone called Bad Girl One Six. I know that's why I'm looking at the Bad Girl. And I'm like, okay, try to find you any way you can. Right. Well, he, he obviously isn't lying because the the name of the one person is someone that I've known for God. a long time. All right. Well, hey, before we'll before we move on, on hey, see, look, we're we're using OnlyFans to connect with everybody. This is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're saving lives. Uh, if you guys, if great. any fighters are listening to this, if you guys have interest in, in working with OnlyFans at all. Uh, there's a lot of fighters that are out there doing it. AJ McKee right now. Um, you got Chris Cyborg. Uh, she's on there as well. You got Brent Primus. Um, Charles Oliveira is, is, is working them as well. Like there's several people, several fighters out there that are working with them. So if you have any interest, hit us up and, uh, maybe we can get you guys linked up. Start trying to find, find, start trying to find ways to make money outside of just fighting. So, uh, hit us up. All right, and uh, let's go ahead and talk Bellator 299. Bellator 299. Johnny Eblen versus Fabian Edwards in Dublin, Ireland. What do you think there, John? I think it's a hell of a fight. I mean, let's be honest. Fabian Edwards has really started to he's really started to turn the corner as far as he's taking over in fights. And he's I, – I watched, you know, his last fight against Gegard. You know, let's be honest. He just – there wasn't a time when he wasn't in control of the fight. He's going to have a different fight with Johnny Eblen, though, because Johnny is a pressure fighter who comes forward and makes you have to fight. And that's what you have to do if you're going to try to beat a guy like Fabian Edwards. Fabian's obviously the, the brother of Leon Edwards, who's the welterweight champion in the UFC. They both fight very similar. Both are, you know, come from a stand-up background and are outstanding with that. Both have gotten much better with their wrestling, and that is what has put Fabian Edwards into this position to have this title shot is his ability now to stop a lot of guys from taking him down and utilize the power and speed. He's a good athlete. That's just Same as Leon, 
he is a dynamite athlete and he is he's a dangerous fighter you know johnny eblin undefeated and we're gonna see if uh, fabian edwards can put that first mark on that record We've seen a change in Fabian, I mean, basically since his brother won the title. It just seems like that yep. when you bring a title into the gym, you... It lit a fire under his ass, Yeah, too. not just him. It's like all the guys out of their camp. And that's what happens when oh, you yeah. bring a new title in and everyone's like, wow, whatever it is we're doing in this gym is working. That's when we know, okay, look, it can be done. This guy did it. I train with him every single day. I know how I do against that guy and I know what I can do. That gives me an opportunity now to go out there and win my own belt. That is a confidence builder for anyone in that gym. Fabian's someone that definitely doesn't lack the confidence. So he comes in. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he's capable of. I mean, he's got one of the most yep. vicious knockouts I've ever seen, man, with the three up kicks to the face of uh, Fialco, or, uh, what, Falco Neto. Um, yeah, yeah just the up kicks. And then he stands up when he's all wobbled and hits him with a two-piece, puts him to sleep. <laughs> I mean, just nasty. One of the nastiest knockouts I've ever seen. And then Johnny Eblen. Johnny is so capable of taking the fight wherever, whenever he wants. That's why he's so That's, good. Yes. So he doesn't. Have, he can stand with you. He will stand with you. He will trade. Well, he he will. will trade with you. Um, mm. When I look at when he fought Gegard, I, I didn't count him out. But I was like, hey, he's got a good chance if he can get the takedown. He didn't need the takedowns. It was actually on the feet that he was able to dismantle Gegard. And I'm a huge Gegard yeah. fan. I've known Gegard forever. Back from the the dream days when he was fighting there. Back when we were in Strike Force together. Then, you know, UFC again. Like, we've been friends for a long time. And I look at how Johnny Eblen picked him apart. Johnny Eblen, Johnny, yeah. Johnny Eblen was able to... He cuts angles. That's where, that's where I think this, is, this fight gonna, is going to be a huge factor. Is Johnny's going to get in on the striking. And what Johnny does is he dips out left and he dips out right, whether it's to wrestle or whether it's to throw more strikes. He never stays directly in front of you to get hit with something. Fabian's very good at hitting his shots and then taking a step to the right or taking a step to the left. But he tends to be a little bit more of a stationary fighter. And that's what potentially will get him taken down. Look, the the speed, I think I'm going to give it, the speed's going to go to Fabian. But the combinations in which Johnny can make him miss and make him pay will let me determine who's going to win this fight probably in the first or second round. And it's a five-round fight. So I'm looking at Johnny. He's got to avoid that very first one-two combination if he's able to slip his head offline. And, and he will counter before shooting the takedowns. He won't always just shoot. He doesn't do that normally. He normally makes you miss, makes you pay. And then as you go to counter off of him making you pay, then that's when he takes you down. He's fabulous at just transitioning from one thing to the next seamlessly. Does a great job of that. Fabian's gotten a lot better at not just hanging out in the clinch. He's making you pay now on the breaks as he did against Leota Machida when he knocked him out. He's making you pay, never giving you a moment to rest, never giving you a moment to just think that, okay, you're gonna we're going to break and now you're going to get away from me. I'm going to make you pay. And so those are the things that I look at with Fabian Edwards. He's never in, the, never in this fight. Can he take a breath and go, okay, okay, I'm good. I'm comfortable here. You can't do that with Johnny Eblen. I agree with you. I think the winner of this fight is the guy that controls the range. Let's just be honest because it is about – this is very similar to their different styles. Johnny Eblen work, you know, trains with Sean Strickland, but 
different, you know, as far as Sean Strickland's not a wrestler. Johnny Eblen can out-wrestle Sean Strickland any day of the week. But both are pressure fighters. And the same as you saw Sean Strickland putting pressure on Israel Adesanya, if Johnny Eblen is able to control the range of this fight and make Fabian uncomfortable with that range, Fabian's going to have problems. If Fabian can control that range and keep Johnny at that distance where he's comfortable and comes in and lands his one-two and steps off, he's going to do well in the fight. But you know, these are those things that you know you never know until they get in. Well, there. John, I want people to, if you're at home watching this fight, take a look at what Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards in the first fight—not the first fight, sorry, the second fight—is when you see Leon start to almost like I don't want to say give up on himself, but just. Almost succumb to going, okay, I'm okay. I'm comfortable out here on the outside. I'm not taking any damage. And then he gets the, the then he gets the knockout, okay? But Fabian will... Oh, that was the first fight. No, oh, they fought before that. Remember, he lost. Oh, you're, you're, you're right. I thought you meant the first no, no. fight. You're right. So yes. then, then Fabian has a tendency sometimes to just cruise on the outside. You're not touching me. You're not hurting me. And you potentially lose rounds that way. That'll mm-hmm. let me know if Fabian comes out with the fire, you know, lit under his ass. He's going to try to pressure him, keep his back off the fence, and take the center of the cage and dictate the pace. A little bit on how um, Leon did in, this, in the third fight, in that final fight against Kamaru Usman. In the second fight, he didn't do it as much. He stayed on the outside. He let Kamaru Usman dictate the pace. All of those things happened. Fabian's got to make sure he takes the center. He doesn't allow Johnny Eblen to dictate where this Keep fight back goes. Off of that game. Keep the back off the fence <clears throat> and yep. stay moving. Never, never be a stationary target. You've got to move, throw, make him, make him uh, react, and then move again and throw again. So this this one, makes one, one of the things. You're, one of the things you're going to have to watch for though is Fabian's going to do the same thing that you saw Leon doing. As far as Leon is kind of made popular within MMA right now is two on one when someone comes in for the takedown of grabbing that wrist baseball uh, grip on the wrist and controlling one arm not worrying about the second arm just making sure that those hands cannot come together and I'm going to just control one arm you're going to see Fabian doing the same thing to Johnny Eblen or trying to do the same thing when he comes in for a takedown I don't think that Johnny's going to be the press you to the fence kind of wrestler Johnny's going to be the no. I'm going to take you down off transition. I'm going to take you down off tr- transition in the open area. That's the way he's going to do it. He did it with Gegard. There was a couple of times I think against against the fence he was able to get Gegard down, but he's not that guy. He's going to keep he striking. He also started doing did, he did it against Tokyo. Oh, that's true. Yep, you're right. Mm. All right, hey, next fight. Aaron Pico taking on Pedro Carvalho. You know, Pedro Carvalho from uh Portugal but living in Ireland. He trains at SBG. Uh, well-known for Conor McGregor. Aaron Pico coming off a very tough fight in Hawaii because he had a fight before that with Jeremy Kennedy where he separated his shoulder, went through the entire first round with a separated shoulder. They weren't able to pop it back because it was was nasty what they were trying to do to pop it back. Doctor stopped the fight. So Aaron gets in these positions. He's winning fights, and then he has bad luck. Something happens, you know, popping your shoulder out. You know, he did it throwing a punch, you know, and it can happen to anybody. We saw T.J. Dillashaw doing it with uh, Aljamain Sterling happen. But you're looking at this. Pedro has fought for the title. Aaron Pico is looking to get that shot at the title. And possibly with a win here, he's going to get that shot. 
Next fight is uh, Sinead Kavanaugh versus Sarah uh, Collins. Sarah Collins, this is, this is a contrast of styles. You got Sinead Kavanaugh, who's going to be on the feet, trying to box her head off, and Collins yep. going to be trying to use utilize her judo to get this fight to the ground and try to get that quick exactly. submission. So you may she's good with she it. She is. She's very good with it. She's good. With we're going to see if Sinead can keep her back off the fence, stay out of the clinch, yeah. and let the hands go, rip the body maybe a little bit to keep uh, the hands underneath for underhooks. And Sarah Collins trying to get in on that on that clinch, trying to get the foot sweeps, hip toss, head and arm, whatever it is to get her down to the ground so she could try to utilize her submissions from there. Um, yeah, Mads Burnell taking on Daniel Weichel. That's an outstanding fight. Weichel with so many damn fights. This guy's closing in on 60 fights for his career. Has fought everyone. Mads Burnell is as absolutely fun a fighter to watch because he is tenacious in the stand-up he will just continue to come forward he will take shots to give shots and he's got a fantastic submission game if the fight hits the ground yeah he loves that japanese necktie so keep an eye on that oh, you yeah. know it's almost like setting up the dars uh but he hits it with the japanese yep. necktie and um you know he's got that peekaboo that george foreman peekaboo type style of his defense yeah. when he's on the feet and he counters really well off of it a little bit of backhand type stuff the sabaho masi versus uh levon chokele fight levon chokele's having he's Come a long way in his last three or four fights. He's gotten a lot better. He's become more well-rounded. He's been explosive and dynamic. He's really kind of dominating some of these fighters. A lot more comfortable in, in what he's doing. Yes, and he's a smart fighter. He understands if you're good on the feet, I'm going to take you down and dominate the position. If you're good on the ground, I'm going to keep it on the feet, sprawl and brawl, and let his stand-up go. He's got explosive stand-up. He's a fun fighter to watch, but so is Sabah Hamasi. He's got power in the hands, lets it fly. Look, win or lose, this kid's going out on his shield, or he's duck, or he's putting you out on your shield. He, he's just fun. he's just fun. He's an absolute stud, yeah. you know. But the fight that I'm most excited to see though is the JJ Wilson and Monsieur Bonawi fight. Ah, you took my fight. Oh, well, it's okay. yep, go. go. I had to go, return baby, the favor, go. my friend. That's right, exactly. Both yeah. of these guys are phenomenal on the ground. Bonawi is very good in the clinch. I didn't expect him to be as good as he was in the clinch when he fought Brent Primus. Big elbows, big knees, mainly elbows. He just clinches the head and gets after it in the elbows. Rocked and dropped um, Brent Primus in that first in their fight with the, with the clinch in the elbows. He actually it landed so much of that. He tired himself out, fatigued himself. J.J. Wilson is also not someone who's been extremely known for his cardio and conditioning. He is good. That was at 45 when he used to get tired. He's now at 55. He's been at 55 for what, three fights now? Two or three fights. Yeah. He's been at 55. Two, two, um, I want to see how that affects his condition and his cardio going into the third round if this fight gets there. Yeah. But this fight should be fun. Both of them tend to fight really crazy in the first round, first two rounds, you know, until one of them kind of poops out. But the, I think they're going to keep going. That fight with Barnawee versus Primus, fantastic fight all the way down to the bitter end in all five rounds. And J.J. Wilson is someone who is – Got big power on the on the feet and great submissions, great grappling. Should be a fun fight. Yeah. Not going to talk about the fights much, but people be sure to watch Kassan Magomed Sharapov. That is the brother of a guy that we used to really enjoy yeah. watching with a the Abe Lincoln look. I used to love love him, but Kassan is absolutely an incredible fighter and undefeated at this point. And then Brian Moore. My Irish Canelo going up against Otto Rodriguez. That should be a great stand-up fight, and you're going to be calling that. So. Well, there's a couple. Go back down. Go back down. So the so stop right there. That's good. So Roman Feraldo, nine and one. Is it nine and one? No, eight and one. Eight and one. All of his wins by knockout. 
Okay, a knockout or TKO. He's got yeah, his Luca Polkley. Yep, and his one loss, one. his one loss Submission. was to Chokley, right? Uh, yep, yeah, Chokley. So him, okay. and then also too, I look at uh, you said uh, Hassan Magomed Sharapov, but I also go down there to Davy uh, Davy Gone. He is fun to watch. He's explosive. Yeah, he's he's fun. He's he reminds me a little bit of uh, Jordan. Kind yeah. of a little bit like that. He did a little bit different. Good judo. Good ju that's what I'm saying. But but we'll but we'll but stand, stand and bang, bang with anybody. Fun. And it's had some incredible knockouts too. So got it. Scroll down a little bit more. These are just fighters that I want you guys to keep an eye on when you guys are watching Asula the fights. Juj, that kid's good. Yes, he is fun to watch. Kenny Mokohana, kid's good. Mm -hmm. Fun to watch. Explosive in the stand-ups. Got a good ground game. He will go after people. Luke Trainer getting better all the time. Great person works with kids all the time. Big time foster parent. That dude is awesome. So. Good stuff. Well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our Bellator talk. But uh, Dave, I feel like you've got some news for us that we can maybe wrap on. Did we already talk about it all? Yeah, really. A show. <laughs> we did do it backwards, but I do have one more. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on Kevin Holland saying that he wants a Neil Magny fight uh, after coming off the loss from this past weekend. The loser cuts their hair. <laughs> Might be a good thing for both. Who yeah, knows? who knows? Maybe that'll put him <laughs> on the win streak. Oh, look. You know what I love about Kevin Holland? He's a little bit like Conor McGregor right now, and his he's automatically promoting his next fight, even off of a loss. I'm already oh, yeah, getting my worry. call out. I'm already promoting my next fight. I already know what I'm doing. This is brilliant on his part. I got to be honest. But we're, we're not, I'm not in here talking about how I just lost. I'm in here talking about who I'm going to fight next. It's smart. It's smart on, on his end. Yeah. Um, good job. Good job. I just I hope you start. Yeah. I want him to start developing a little bit more fight IQ because he's so talented. He's got all the potential. <sighs> just he really it, does. Uh, he does. Just not. It's not happening. It's not coming through. He's obviously got the talking part down, not only outside of the cage, but in the cage because his last opponent, Jack Della Maddalena, mm -hmm. talked about. Hey, he, he he really got to me with the talk, and it wasn't like he was bad-mouthing me. He was just having a conversation with me, and I've never had anybody I fought do yeah. that. And it really kind of threw me off. He's, he was even saying, hey, you know, we should work out together. Why don't we get together and we'll work out while we're fighting? He goes, He's, I've never had someone kind of get in my head the way he did and the way he did it. So. He's got the he's got the get the well, gap going. Well, John, you and I have talked about this a couple times on the show. Um, I had a very similar situation with uh, KJ Nunes. This yeah. dude's being nice to me in there, but he's like talking to me in terms of, oh, that almost got me. Ooh, that was close. Oh, that was a good shot. And it for some reason, I was in phenomenal shape for that fight, but after the first round, I was beat. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get him to stop talking to me, and it was driving me up the wall. I even had to go out of my way for the for the Nate Diaz fight because I had already experienced that with KJ. I had someone come in. I had you. somebody come in and talk shit to me while I was training. So I had a guy named Rambo. He fought out of. He was from Hawaii. He'd come in. He was my sparring partner. He had. He was tall, long, lanky, good boxing, good stand up. You know, good takedown defense. And I spar with him a lot for that fight. Talk shit to me, but it was in pigeon because he's from Hawaii. And he would just and. <laughs> He was on it, man. Bra, he'd come in. Bra, you know yeah, good, he'd bra. come in fourth, fifth round and point his gloves at me. Come get it, fucker. You know, just all this. It's like, you know, he like cracks, bra. Just just come after me. So 
But he was, it, it made a big difference when I got in there for the fight with Nate and the very first kick I threw with Nate, he's talking shit. What, bitch? What, what, what? You know, and that automatically made me feel a little bit more comfortable because I knew it was coming. The KJ News fight, I never experienced it before. I, Threw you off. I mean, the whole time, even when I got takedowns, he's whispering in my ear, come on, man, let's just, we're, this is what we're going to do. You're just going like, to lay down here all day. Like, you're going to hold me down. I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to get up. Is this not what we're doing? We're not here doing this, are we? And like, it was a constant conversation. And I've got, I got fatigued from it. I got exhausted from it. So I can see exactly um, what uh, Jack Delaman Madalena was thinking. It gets tiring. It gets exhausted. It throws you off. It really does make you think more out there instead of just reacting. So, uh, what else you got for us, Dave? We'll wrap up there. Uh, that was that was everything right. I pulled. That's it. No, no, that's not it, Dave. That's not it, Dave. I sent you something in the news. You got to pull it up. Big John <laughs> hasn't seen it. I need. Uh, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, he hasn't. It's an old video. Apparently, Dave says it's like ten years old. I'm like, yeah, I've never seen it till now. So it's not that old. Okay, so it's about ten minutes old for me. I said, I said it's, and it's going to be fresh and new for John. Go ahead, show it. Can you show it for us? All right. It's loading, it's loading. Yeah, it's loading right now. John, yeah, yeah. I, I had to send it today because I know there's not a damn thing you and I could do to understand what the fuck this guy was saying. But it's a Scottish guy who's on a roof. Oh, if he's Scottish. Scottish guy on the roof. And I want to know if Dave can just translate. Because I know when he goes to put the translator on the video for our, for our YouTube uh, thing, it's, it's going to get lost. Dave's going to have to actually translate this thing and type it out for the translator thing that we have for our videos. Go ahead, Dave. Is it ready? Right. It, it, it's, yeah, it's still going. Jeez, Hold on. Man. Here it comes. But, John, it's hilarious. I, it's, I, I started thinking, I'm like, gosh, man, can you imagine if Dave had that thick of an accent? We, no one, we couldn't let him read anything. We couldn't even let him talk. <laughs> we couldn't let him talk about anything. There's just no way. This is hilarious. Let's get this volume up. We own it, right? Where, where, where the fuck am I meant to put my weight? Wait, I can't put my weight in the roof. It's dead fun. I can't hold on to it. Where am I meant to do it? Oh, you don't do what for five minutes? You fucking wank stain. Don't put, don't shift your weight. <laughs> where the fuck are you talking about? I can't put my weight on the fucking the roof. I can't put my weight in the garden. Where's I meant to Okay, I, he's called him a wank stain, not a wankster. Okay, oh, white. No, he called him a wankster. Wanks. He called him a wank stain. Like, is in the cum shot? Like in the stain yeah. of the cum shot? Yeah. But what's the rest of what he's saying? I understood the f. I understood the the wank. I and understood the, the, I, the f. Yeah, mostly. he's stuck in the roof, and they're telling him how to get down. Uh, and he's like, I can't put my foot on there because I'll go through there, and I can't put my foot there because I'll slide down. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How did you there. get foot? The word foot. How did he get there? <laughs> fat. He said fat. fat. Oh, say it again. Fat. So he said foot. Fat. Okay, let me hear it one more time. I'm going to see if I can hear this. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, let me see. We own it, right? Where, where, where the fuck am I meant to put my weight? Wait, I can't put my weight in the roof. It's dead fun. I can't hold on to it. Where am I meant to do it? Oh, you don't do what for five minutes? You're fucking wank stain. Don't put, don't shift your brain. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? I can't probably John, own the fucking John, I can't stop laughing. I can't stop laughing. Can you imagine if Dave was stuck on a roof no, and he started talking no, like the, that the, to us? The thing to think about is this man actually speaks supposedly the same oh, language geez. as you and I. And I can uh, the only thing I can understand is the cuss yeah. words. That's like me in Spanish. <laughs> It was so great. Oh, hysterical. Oh, man. And it's foot. It's not fit. <laughs> it's so good. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. I had to. I had to get a wake uh, out of that. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, can you imagine though if Dave you, was stuck on a roof? If that's what he would sound like. <laughs> would be, like if he's in a panic mode. How do I get down? How to do this? That'd be great. All right, guys. Well, hey, oh, we want to thank you guys so at much. I, at least I know that he would be calling someone a wank stain. A wank stain, right? <laughs> you're, wank, you're not a wankster. You're a wank stain. Yeah, when you're not a wankster, you're a wank stain. Got it. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hit the subscribe button before you guys click off of this video. Hit that subscribe button. Also, hit the bell. Go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our hoodies. They're available. It is thunderstorms outside, so I'm going to need one of those things here real soon. And uh, John, go ahead and take us away, bud. Well, you need to be very careful in those thunderstorms. Stay out of the electricity, <laughs> mister. For everyone out there, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you.